Isaiah chapter 9. Portions are very familiar to us because it is like almost all of Isaiah prophetic. And so, but I want us to look here at verse 6 and bear with me even though it's familiar to you. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We know, of course, this is prophesying of the Lord Jesus Christ coming. So we know now the rest of what we read is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, And the government or authority, governmental authority, spiritual authority, government as a whole, shall be upon his shoulder... His shoulder, again, it speaks of sitting there, signifying his authority. We still see that in the world today. It's why you may not realize it, but you ever look and you see someone with military rank, you see a three-star or four-star general, their stars all sit on their shoulder. The shoulder is an expression, a place to show their rank and their authority. And so this is... You see this here in Scripture. This was before there was ever a U.S. military, by the way, <laughs> obviously. But military commanders, more often, almost always, their rank is shown on their shoulder. And so we see this. The government will be upon his shoulder. The, the expression of his authority is there. And watch. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. We often reference the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We don't often talk about Counselor. But Isaiah, so moved by the Spirit of God, clearly writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, because we know that's how all Scripture was given, knew he must declare that his name would be called Counselor. He is a Counselor. I was sharing this morning with um, an individual early. I was 18 years old. I was I had a head full of dreams and plans. Anybody relate to that? And nothing wrong with that, um, necessarily. Uh, I had a head full of plans and dreams and ideas, and I even had some things laid out on the path. I know what I'm talking about. And uh, I was going to graduate high school. I did. I made it. And uh, my best friend and I, who had been best friends for several years now and all through high school, we made our plans together, as best friends do. See some Faces that are bearing witness to that. Now, these weren't crazy out there plans. I, we, I probably, we had some of those too. I still have a watch that has a design on it that he and I designed because we were going to have our own business and this was our logo. And I still have that watch today. We had a watch made with our, anyway. 
That was one of those crazy plans. But this one, we were going to graduate high school, Greg and I, and we were going to go to Bible college together from Missouri all the way in California. I don't know if our interest was Bible college or California girls, but maybe a little bit of both. Is that too honest for an 18-year-old? The Lord knew my heart. He gave me a California girl, so what do you know? And uh, she only lived there till she was three, but he knew. And uh, But uh, these were our plans, and they were noble, right? And we were going to go across to college at Christian Life College in California. He and I, when we graduated, we were going to have the summer, and man, we lived that summer, let me tell you. He and I went to Mexico for a while, spent some time in Mexico. Just to do it. We didn't get in any trouble. I know you don't believe that, but it's true. I promise you, God is my witness. Then we came home for a little bit. I worked for, finally, my job said, look, leave. If you come back, we'll hire you back. Okay, so I left, and, and they did. They hired me back. I took the summer off. And so we came home for a little bit. Then he and I went to Florida. We liked the hot and beaches. That's what we decided. And so we went to Florida and we spent a couple of weeks in Florida. And then we we're going to come back home, work a little bit. Then we we're heading to college. We didn't get in trouble in Florida either, by the way. Um, but the more I looked at it, because I, I moved out after high school. Uh, once I graduate, I'm like, I'm living on my own. And uh, moved out. And so I was working two jobs in order to, in order to live. Um, one job paid three thirty-five an hour. The other one paid three fifty an hour. So I was making big money at the second job. And, uh, so I worked 40 hours a week at Walmart and I worked 40 hours a week overnight at quick pantry, which is like seven 11. And so quick math there, right? Yeah. I was working 80 hours a week and, uh, but I, I did get off the nights of church, and on Sundays I was in church, and I had to be because I was teaching a Sunday school class on Sunday, and um, so that's why I don't always buy it when people say, man, I'd come to church, but I don't have time. I just I can't buy that. You have time for what you make time for, and what's a priority in your life. But So it didn't take long for reality to set in in my thinking when I did the math and the numbers. And I had to make a decision. I'm going to do what I want to do, which clearly will not work financially in any way, shape, or form. And God has not given me anything to indicate that he's going to do something in it. So I have no release. So here's what I did. I could have prayed and said, oh, God, I know you want me to go to Bible college. You don't want me working in 7-Eleven all my life, God. Isn't it funny how we can tell God what he doesn't know? We can make him or think we can make him align with our will. We're not really talking to God about it. What we're doing is we're unburdening our heart and trying to justify our choosing. Because we're really not interested in his leading. We're not interested in his counsel. He's the counselor. Well, only by the grace of God, I recognized at 18 years old, I'm probably not wise enough to make this decision on my own. 
That's a miracle in and of itself right there. So what did I do? I sought counsel. Somebody hear me today. Seeking counsel is not a sign of weakness. Now, so I went my time at that time. I, I didn't talk to just one person, but the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counsel. And so, but I, I remember one part. This is what I was sharing this morning. I went and sat down with my pastor, uh, Pastor Bob Thornton at the time. His, his son is now my brother-in-law. And uh, I went and sat down with him. And, you know, I'm an 18-year-old, and I'm seeing my dreams just disappear before my eyes, if you will, to speak. Because I've recognized I can't travel across the country and hope to find a job and continue to live supporting myself while, go while going to Bible school. There was no financial aid for Bible school. And I don't know that I would have entertained the idea of taking on debt to try to live a life I wanted to live without the responsibility of working to pay for it. That just didn't fit biblically for me, so I couldn't do it if I'd have known about it. And I don't think it was available then. But so I, I was like, man, there's no way I can go across the country. But I was hoping maybe I'll sit down with my pastor. And my pastor would say something like, you know what? I think God's going to use you at Bible school. This is what I had in my mind. Anybody ever had, had an answer preconceived in your heart? Yeah. And so I had this idea. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to empty my heart out. I'm going to do this for God. You know. And he's going to have gracious words and encouraging words. And so I sat down and I remember sitting in his office. Brother Thornton, I wonder, I just don't see how it's possible. You know, all this stuff, you know. He's probably laughing inside now. I look back. This is what he said. I still remember this deep, spiritual, powerful response. He said, you know, Joe, he called me Joe. You know, Joe, God could probably teach you a lot more about working with people at Walmart than you might ever learn in Bible college. That was it. I still remember it to this day. That's all he said? I mean, I'm sure he said some more, but that's all I heard. That's where he started. Not, oh, Joe, I, you know, I know you really had your heart set. None of that. I know you really had your heart set on this. I understand this must be disappointing. None of that. I mean, come on, at least toss a guy a bone. You know, help me in my misery. No. Well, you know, Joe, the Lord could teach you a lot more about working with people at Walmart. Well, that wasn't what I wanted here. I was trying to get out of Walmart. I was trying to get out of Missouri. I was trying to go. I was 18. I wanted to go. So I had two options. Receive wise counsel. We'll go find somebody else. Hey, you know, brother so-and-so, I was thinking about it, but I don't see how you know. And, and this is what pastor said. Well, what do you think? 
Or, even better, I was talking to somebody else, and this is what they said. Don't tell them who it was. What do you think? Counselor. Counselor. You know why we don't talk about Jesus as counselor very much? Because most of us aren't very interested in his counsel. If we're not careful. I don't know that I should say most of us. Many times in our lives along the journey, we get in places where we're like, oh, I don't know that I want. And you know what that usually tells me when I find myself going, oh, I don't know, know if I want to know what the Lord thinks about this. It means I usually know what the Lord thinks about of it, and I'm wanting something different. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. He's the counselor. I did not go to Bible school. I stayed right there in Missouri working for Walmart. Less than 18 months later, Walmart promoted me. And in short order, they promoted me again. And by the time I was 25 years old, I was the youngest manager in the history of Walmart at that time. And all I had was a high school education. And all along that journey, God taught me about dealing with people and difficult circumstances. And again and again, I heard the words of my pastor Thornton. God can use Walmart to teach you more about working with people than you'll ever learn. I can't tell you how many thousands of times those words have come back to my spirit again and again and again. And I look back now. And I realize some 34 years later, that wasn't just a man speaking. He was a man who spent time in prayer. And when I came asking for a moment, God in his great grace allowed me to know him as my counselor. And he directed me and he protected me. From what may have came. Did I do any great thing? No. I simply submitted to wise counsel. You say, well, what if he would have said, you know what? I think God will make a way. You just go in faith. I'd have got up and gone in faith. Because here's what I've started to believe. Some 34 years of living after that moment. What I've come to know is truth, watching it in my life and also watching it in other lives where maybe I've been on the other side of that test or that conversation sometimes. There's a couple of elements to the Lord as a counselor. One element is that which is spoken. The other element is What's done with it by the recipient. And I've just determined in my life. I didn't just determine this today. I determined this somewhere a little way back. If I receive counsel. And I have a confidence. In the one giving the counsel as a person of God. A relationship with God. 
and there bears any witness. If it doesn't bear witness, I'm going to ask them. I'm not going to go around and talk about it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to talk it through with them. You understand? But if it bears witness, I'm going to stop asking questions. I'm just going to submit to the council and go, okay, Lord, you know my heart. You know my spirit. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen as a result. It's just the blessing of God. God seems to orchestrate no matter how. And I've come to believe it's not just that God gave the perfect answer. It's that God said, I'm going to test your spirit. And your spirit willing to respond means I'm going to bless. What is he blessing? Submission and obedience to the will of God. Abraham, head out towards a land I'm going to show you. What kind of counsel is that? Just heading out. And as he went. God blessed. Stephen, head south towards, or Philip, head south towards the desert. What kind of direction is that? I don't know, but I got counsel. And he went. He sees an Ethiopian in a chariot and joins himself, baptizing the spirit, catches him away to his Otis. How'd this happen? He just submitted to the counsel of God. I'm telling you, no matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, he is a counselor. And you can seek the wisdom of men or you can seek the wisdom that's from above. God is the wonderful counselor. Now, I thank God that we can go to men and women of God and hear from them. But we must also learn to go to God and hear from him. And we've got to have a heart and a motive that says, God, I'm not looking for an answer that appeases me. I want to hear from you. This is why I believe the writer of Proverbs declared more than once about counsel. Why he did declare there is safety in a multitude of counsel. There's a saying in the world that says, he who has himself for a counselor is a fool. You ever heard that before? Sometimes they switch the word counsel. You ever heard of an attorney called a counselor? He who has himself for an attorney is a fool. He who has himself as a counselor is his own counsel. We need counsel. You know why we often don't seek the Lord for counsel? We don't want something different than our will. And I don't want to talk to somebody that's going to tell me something contrary to my will. I want somebody that's going to tell me what I want to hear. I want somebody that's going to agree with my pain and just direct me along and make me feel good about my choices. That's not a friend. He's a counselor. He can give you direction for your life. He's interested in every element and part of your life. He'll work in every aspect of your life. Go to Psalms chapter 1. You want your life to be blessed of God? There's a pattern here in the Word of God. You've got to come to know Him as your counselor. There's a place in the Old Testament, Joshua. Joshua who walked around the walls of Jericho. The first battle after Moses had been taken by the Lord on the mount. We find that Joshua is leading the children of Israel into battle. And he goes to the Lord and the Lord says, Joshua, here's what you do. You take these people and you tell them, don't speak a word, don't say a word, don't do anything. You just get the army of Israel and you walk around the walls of Jericho one time on day one. And then you walk around the walls of Jericho on day two. And then you walk around the wall one time. You do that for six days. And then Joshua, on the seventh day, I want you all to walk around the wall seven times. And after the seventh time, make a shout, blow a trumpet, and the walls of the city will fall down flat. 
Now, there is no indicator if you read all of the battles that Joshua fought under Moses' leadership until that time. There is no indicator where he ever walked around walls. And don't you know that instruction was so contrary to his human, let's take it by force. Let's walk in there. We got the strength of the army of Israel. We're the God, God, our God is our God. He's the Lord of hosts. Let's go in and walk over Jericho. But we're going to go. We're not going to say a word. And we're just going to walk around the wall. Counselor. Oh, now you're going, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I'd have done it. Yeah, you would have. You've been fighting battles. You've been victorious. And now you're just going to walk. I don't know if you ever thought about this. Walking around the walls of your enemy without doing anything is not necessarily the safest place to be. Those walls, the Bible tells us, were so thick that chariots could ride on the top. What kept Jericho from just, guys, get up over here with your bows and arrows. Let's just start picking them off. They just seem to be walking anyway. But they walked. And, of course, God gave them the city. It wasn't hard. I, well, maybe it wasn't hard. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't imagine. Jericho, Joshua seemed to have a relationship with God. He was always there with Moses. He was always waiting with Moses. Matter of fact, one time Moses went back and Joshua just stayed and remained. Joshua had a relationship with God. So I don't know how difficult it was to get Joshua to heed the counsel of the Lord. But don't forget, Joshua was leading a few thousand people. He had to convince all these mighty warriors you're not going to fight. You're just going to walk, and you're not going to say anything. Counsel. I think the reason the Lord said don't say anything is because he didn't want them talking to each other either. You start talking to each other, you, start, you talk yourself out of the counsel. Man, this is crazy. I could imagine if they were walking and talking. Don't say anything. The second they get walking and talking, this is crazy. Joshua is a Yahoo. I can't believe, you know, Moses is gone and now he's got us doing some crazy walking thing. What has happened to him? I think he's lost his mind is what I think. You know what? Maybe we should talk about this together. Let's get some. That, you know, they were human just like you and I. The Lord knew that. Tell them, don't say a word. Just walk. But you notice after Jericho, there's a small small army called Ai, the people of Ai. They were so small and Israel was feeling so good having just won the battle of Jericho. Joshua just said, you know, send 7,000, 10,000 men. I can't remember the exact number, something like right in there. Send them up. Send this group of men, whatever, however many it was. Maybe it was seven or 10,000 that got killed. Send them to fight Ai. Well, they did, and they lost. They came running back, defeat. And Joshua's like, oh, God. True story. Read it in the Bible. Joshua is, the Bible says he's laying on his face. Oh, God, have you sent us out here to die? How is it? He's, he's, he's having this pity party with God. I can't believe. How is it? We, now, all of a sudden, our big enemy is going to have victory over us. You know what the Lord said to him? Oh, Joshua, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, you know what the Lord said to Joshua? Get up off your face. You read the scripture, it says, for Ai, Joshua did not inquire for counsel from the Lord. 
Here's what happened. He had won the battle at Jericho following God's counsel, but he got confident in his ability, forgetting for a moment it was God that had done that. And he said, I've got this AI small. And he did not seek the counsel of God. I want the counsel of God before I buy a car. I really do. I just went to Guatemala, as many of you know, Brother Ethan and I. I've been being asked to go to Guatemala for five years. Every year, every year, every year. I never had a release from God to go until this year. I don't know why. I'm not interested in going to say I went. He's a counselor to the smallest detail of your life, to the greatest detail of your life. God is a counselor. And he will direct your life. Watch Psalm 1. This principle of the word of God, if you and I will love it and cling to it, it will bring blessing in our life. The Bible says in Psalm 1 and 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So where you get counsel from matters. Right? Probably wouldn't ask a guy that's millions of dollars in debt for financial advice. I'm just saying. Probably not going to go to your local mechanic and ask him questions about brain surgery. Right? Where you get counsel matters. Is that a fair statement? You understand that in the natural. Even so much more in the spiritual. And this is what the psalmist is declaring under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't go to Facebook to get advice. I can't believe I have to say that. Because you know sometimes what people are doing. Oh, no, no, no. I like this. I don't know what to do. They want to get all kinds of, you know you're trying to get responses. That's why I don't have any stomach for it or time for it. Why are you putting all that out there? You're trying to get a response. You want somebody to feel for you. You want some. What's your motive? What's your motive? Instagram. Trying to get response. What's your motive? What's your motive? Why do people air all that stuff out? They're trying to get a response. I'm just going to tell you what I've learned in my short 52 years of living. You probably won't get godly counsel that way. You're just looking for affirmation is what you're looking for. Godly counsel is not always affirming, but it's life-saving. And there's blessing in it. Blessed is the man that doesn't walk in ungodly counsel or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So there's wisdom in the counsel of God. He is a wonderful counselor. Now, he's wonderful even if he's not counselor, but he is a wonderful counselor. There is safety in God's counsel. This is a life application lesson today in case you didn't figure that out. I remember when, I'm hurting to finish. I remember when I left Walmart. Told you how counsel kept me there. It was 
several years later, during that time, I got married, had a couple kids, bought a house, a lot changed from that 18-year-old sitting there until eight years later when I was 26 years old. And I was in a place of prayer and fasting at the time, and the Lord let me know it was time to leave Walmart. And he opened a door. And I thought, man, I'm just going to, I'm just being really raw right now, okay? God deals with us as real people. Sometimes we put God up here like, no, he deals with our lives because he wants to be involved in our lives because he wants to use our lives for his purpose. And so I thought, man, I know the Lord's directing me. I had, I had clarity. So I thought, man, there must be some kind of blessing on the other side of leaving Walmart. Right? I mean, isn't that a fair think, way of thinking? God's directing me to step away from this. Now, don't nobody take this and go, oh, man, I felt the witness. I'm leaving my job tomorrow. You're missing the point. That's you looking for a way out. Stop that. I felt that for somebody. And so... I, uh, I did. I left Walmart. And I'm telling you, the day I walked out of that office, it was September 1997. I remember. I walked. I remember because my daughter was born right before that. She was one of the key reasons also for leaving. I wasn't going to be a dad that worked 80 hours a week. And so the Lord let me know that. And so... I remember to this day, you know those little things they have in the front so you don't run right through the front doors with your car? They call them bollards. They're these concrete pillars still, you know, you know, yeah. So if you've ever been over to the Super Mall in Auburn, there's, it's a coastal farm and ranch now, but that used to be a Walmart right there when you'd get off at that exit where the Super Mall is. It used to be a Walmart right there at that coast. Now it's a coastal farm. I, I was the manager of that Walmart. It was the last Walmart I ever worked at. And when I left there that day, I stepped out of the front doors. I could take you back to that spot. And when I passed between those two bollards off the concrete onto the asphalt, Brother Joel, I physically, physically, I felt weight come off of my body. I had no idea it was there. I didn't know it was there. It was, a, it was so weighty on my life. I, I just didn't know. Why? God had given me grace to deal with it as long as he had me there. But when I left, I, I realized that now he was showing me, I've given you grace for while you've been here. But here's what I knew. I could never go back. I felt the weight lift off of my life. And I knew. And I promise you, the blessing that I thought, oh, man, this is going to be powerful now. God's really going to do some amazing. Well, God did some amazing things. And I look back and it was blessing, but it wasn't financial blessing. The next four years of our life was like, where is the next meal coming from? I took another job. Less than a year later, for the first time in my life, they fired me. I wouldn't relocate. Just a few months after that, the entire company shut down. When they fired me, they gave me a severance package. People that had been there 20 years got no severance. The blessing of God. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as I got fired. I was so humble. 
I started working at Kinko's for eight bucks an hour. I've been working at Walmart. I was going to make a hundred and something thousand dollars as a store manager. Now I'm working for eight bucks an hour just trying to make ends meet at Walmart at Kinko's. That's a coffee, a copy shop for those of you who don't know what Kinko's is. Came a copy shop. FedEx bought them out. And then audacity of audacity, they needed an assistant manager. I thought I'm highly qualified for the assistant manager of the copy shop. I can do that. Right. I mean, I managed a Walmart. Look at my resume. They hired somebody else besides me. I knew they were not as qualified as I was. I had ran a multi-million, 300 employee store. I think I can handle a nine person copy shop as the assistant manager. That wasn't God's plan. I sold books door to door from 5 p.m. till midnight. What am I doing? How is it? It was the plan of God. Because I left. How did I know that? Because when I left Walmart, I didn't leave Walmart without hearing from the counselor. During those four years, do you know how tempted I was to go back to Walmart? Not knowing where the meal's coming from. I'm content to get food for my wife and kids. I can fast a little while. Feeling like, what am I doing as a man for my family? Can I tell you some of the last words I heard before I left Walmart? He was a regional director over about 100 and something stores. His name was Don Swan. True story. That was his name. He always took a liking to me. I don't know why. And so he was one of the reasons I promoted in the company. He gave me the store in Washington. Don Swan called me. He said, Joel, I understand what you're doing. A lot of people do that. They'll leave us. You know, there's a lot to care. We put a ton on a store manager's shoulders. He said, but listen to me. Oftentimes people will step away and then they'll decide, you know what? I'll come back. He said, if you ever want to come back, just call me. I'll have a place for you. He said, we'll move you to where your family is. I know Washington's a long way of your family. I know you got family back in Missouri. Well, for him to offer that to me was like gold because those stores in Missouri run themselves because people have been there so long. It's not like running a new store where people don't know Walmart. Those stores in Missouri had been there 30, 40 years, and some people had been there as long as a store. You just had to show up and you know, shake hands and be nice. And they ran the, and they were very profitable, which means as a store manager, you made good money and it didn't take a, you could work 50 hours and be, just call me. We'll move your family back there. We'll get you a store in that area near your family. Do you know how tempting that was during those four years when I didn't know where the next meal was coming from? I thought about it a few times. I never made the call. I couldn't. I remember that weight coming off and I knew I'd heard from the counselor. The Lord's trying to help somebody today. He is a counselor. You can trust him to give you direction for your life. Now, he won't tell you all the steps 50 miles down the road or five years down the road. He won't even tell you a year down the road. I've learned most of the time. He may give you a glimpse and the reason he only gives you a glimpse, if he gives you much more, you're like, oh, I got this. I can do this. 
and you start trying to make it happen. And God's like, if you'll let me, I'll do it. But if you're going to put your hands all over it, why would he step back then? Because then you and I would take credit for what happened and not recognize it was only the goodness and the grace of God that made this happen. And so, and I feel the Holy Ghost for somebody, maybe more than one somebody today. Here's what I would admonish you. When you get instruction from the counselor, obey. Well, yeah, but I don't. I get it. Obey. But what come? I don't know, but he does. I promise you, he will not lead you where he cannot keep you. I promise you. You say, but oh, you don't know how hard this decision is. Maybe not yours, but I know how hard decisions can be in life. He's the counselor. You can trust him. He will not lead you astray. He knows the end from the beginning. He didn't just start the faith in you. He's the author of it, but he's the finisher of your faith too. He's going to be there the whole journey. The difficulty and the challenge of your life is not that he's not a counselor. It's like the counselor's going, now I wait. Because I've learned this. The counselor will give direction. And then he'll wait. And I'm just going to tell you, I've learned this, unfortunately, from experience. You will not outweigh God. You know, like we do this with humans. I'll wait and they'll fold. Right? I'll wait and they'll give in. You can't play that game with God. When God gives you direction, he has eternity. You and I do not. At least not yet. But the decisions we make now in obedience to his counsel will affect our eternity. He's a counselor. Would you stand with me this morning? I recognize this may be a little different than what you might typically expect on a Sunday morning. But the Lord is really, it's the desire of God to help us. That's his nature as counselor. It's his nature. I have watched in my life through the years. I could name people in this room or people that you know. And many that you don't and maybe never will know. Through the years, I've, I've watched people receive counsel, maybe not necessarily from or through me, but through a man or a woman of God where they've received instruction and I knew about it or they told me about it. And I'm like, amen. You know. And I've watched people act on that counsel in faith and seen God bless their lives 
Didn't mean everything became perfect and rosy and wonderful and full bank accounts and perfect houses and no problems. But I watched the hand of God shape them and mold them and continue to make them and them grow in God and their life be blessed. Just as certainly, I've watched people receive counsel that I knew was from the Lord. And yet still do their own thing. And I've seen that demise as well. There are times, I I didn't plan on saying all this this morning, but I just. There are times where I've had individuals and I've witnessed it beyond personal, but. If you allow the personal experience. There are times I've witnessed in my life. People come and say, hey, man, I I need to talk to you about some stuff. I don't take that casually. I can't tell. Hear me. Let me say this. Hear this clearly. I cannot tell anyone the will of God for their life. That's not my place. That's his place. Don't try to put me between you and God. Only God can tell you your will, his will for your life. So if you want me, if you want to come and talk to me about me telling you, I'm not going to tell you the will of God for your life. Now you may tell me something and say, Hey, I feel like God directed me to do this. It bears witness in my spirit. And I can say, man, I believe that's the will of God talking to you. But watch. There's times, just some instruction this morning. There's times I've had individuals come to me to talk to me. And they want to share something with me. And as they're sharing, what they're doing is they're telling me what their plan already is. They're laying it out. I'm listening. And there's times in that happens where I know the Lord gives me something to say. But there's also times where the Lord has dealt with me and said, they've already decided and so I may say something like, doesn't always mean this is this case, but sometimes I may just say something like, I'll be praying with you, Brother Lewis. The Lord direct you. But I know in my heart, God may, I'm not saying God's given me something else and I'm being silent. I'm just saying the Lord's let me know they've already decided. We need his counsel. We need his counsel. We need his counsel. And he is a wonderful counselor. Would you talk to the Lord where you are right now? There's a witness in my spirit. Just talk to him. There's a witness in my spirit for some of you. That you've been seeking instruction and direction for a situation or a circumstance or it could be very serious. It could be a small thing, but you've been talking to God about it. You've been trying to get a little direction, wanting to do the will of God, wanting to please God. He hears you. And for some of you that have been doing that, God has given you this is what I this is what my wit this is what my spirit is feeling this morning. For some of you, that's all right, keep talking to him. For some of you, God's already given you direction. You, in your heart of hearts, you know this is what I need to do. This is the next thing I ought to do. 
but you're resisting. I don't know if that's pride. I don't know if it's fear of what happens after that. I, I don't know. That's between you and God. But I hear the Lord so gently saying, I'm a counselor. I'm a counselor. So how do I, how do I come to know and trust him? I just take the next step in obedience to his counsel. And then I do exactly the same thing. I go to a place and I wait and I say, Lord, okay, what's the next step? What now? I acted in faith. I believe your word. I don't understand, but I know you're in control. And so I act in faith and he gives counsel for the next step. And the hand of God. See, there are some things God can't do in my life and yours until we act in obedience to the last thing He asks of us. There are some things God has in reserve for you that are not coming to fulfillment because you're not yet stepping into the wisdom of His counsel He's already given you. Come on, please talk with the Lord. In your own way. In your own way. I pray, Lord Jesus, quicken to our spirit today. For those where you have already given counsel, let it be brought to the forefront of their mind. I pray the clarity of your voice this morning in the hearts of men and women. A clear recognition and understanding.